Welcome to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. I'm Janelle Keith alongside my co-host and friend, Lori Clapper. And we have with us today an Oklahoman, a fellow Oklahoman. Because <laughs> my co-host, Lori, is in Pennsylvania. So, you know, I love how God bridges the gaps here with, with our different guests all over the country. Right. And uh, today's guest is Courtney Miller. Now, she goes by Red Dirt Rosie. So we're going to get the background story about how she got her name. Welcome, Courtney. How are you? Hi, I'm so great. Uh, thank you for having me with you guys this morning. So tell us a little bit about your background story. The background story for Red Dirt Rosie. Uh, well, I'm an artist and the Rosie part honestly came from, I had an aunt who had cattle and she always named the cutest cow Rosie. And I know that doesn't, there's no parallel there, but I love <laughs> And I just thought Rosie was such a cute name. Like the word Rosie makes me think of like hope and joy and really like whimsical and like expecting good things, you know, uh -huh. like it's just a really fun name. And the red dirt, uh, I'm born and raised in Oklahoma. I left for two years of my life and moved to deep South Texas. I did not like it. And one of the first things I said when I came back, I thought I was like, I miss the red dirt. Like the red dirt just becomes part of your soul when you've lived here for too long. So. <laughs> The dirt is uh, an homage to my roots. I'm an Okie girl through and through. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Ironically, you can't see it on can on the microphone here, but she does have red hair. So I thought maybe yes. it would have something to do with that. I was thinking that as well. I'm like, okay, Rosie, maybe the, the little bit of ginger there. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. So you are an artist. How did you know being an artist was for you? That's a really good question because some days it's a, it's still like, am I making the right decision? Because being a creative and being an artist is never stagnant. It's always, you never know what each day is going to bring. And I kind of do a bunch of different mediums. So, but I think that's what drew me so much to it. Like when I look back at my work history, there's not many places I worked at for a long time because I would get really restless and I would feel very unfulfilled and I was like I don't like going to the same place every single day and doing the exact same thing so being an artist really destroys any consistency honestly outside of being creative <laughs> I feel like for me it has been. so you not only work with paint obviously uh what are the other mediums that you uh dabble in we have started working with woodworking uh, and of course, like I paint that eventually, uh -huh. uh, break hands, working with a little bit of mixed media. I have a team I'm working with here in Oklahoma and we're considering doing an immersive project. Like you walk into a room and you're transported to a totally different mm. area or experience. And that, I mean, that's so many things. I'm having a hard time even understanding how I fit into that because it's so big and abstract fibers textile it's really cool though it's stretching mm. it's stretching what i think i am capable of doing wow so have yeah. you always it's, loved to draw and paint and was this something that even as a young child you were doodling and things like that actually i remember in i want to say second or third grade i had the same art teacher both years and one year 
she was like, you can draw really good. Like you could really do something with this. And she challenged me to get a sketchbook and draw every single day and just fill up sketchbooks. So I did that. And I would do things like put a spoon in a glass and just draw that and learn shading. And um, so I've been drawing since then. And I didn't really paint seriously until I was 16. And then my art teacher was like, oh, this is a thing that you could really, you could really do something with. So he was very, very <clears throat> hard and strict on me, which was wonderful because it helped me really learn the foundational elements that I needed later. Uh, so I'm 37 now. So really over half my life painting and most of my life drawing. That so is fascinating. <laughs> That's yeah. fascinating. It really is. So God helped you cultivate that gift. He brought along this willing support to encourage you along the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's so good. So you never went to art school or took that in college or anything? I I, I didn't. I went to a portfolio review with the Chicago Art Institute, um, which that's probably equivalent to like the Harvard of art schools. And they were like, yeah, you're good. You could come hang out with us. And then I, I didn't because my parents and I, they're very logical and wonderful. And they were like, you need to do something that's going to be really secure. And for them, art didn't feel secure, which I totally understand. So I went to a smaller college and I got mad because I had to take math again. <laughs> so I, uh, I never finished. I was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Would Aww. I suggest other people do that? Not necessarily, but that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. So you sure. really didn't have past perhaps high school, uh, really those people that were there on you to make you practice, to make you do it. But did you, were you pretty disciplined in your creativity? If that seems like almost an oxymoron, but were you good at that after you didn't have that accountability? That's a good question. I, I wasn't, I've had moments where I've gone a handful of years and I really haven't been terribly creative, but then it's like, like a wave and one year would just be like, I was consumed with creating and that has ebbed and flowed also with other things happening in my life too. And maybe those were part of the reason why they did or didn't happen. I mean, like my younger twenties, I was really not super interested in pursuing art. It was just kind of a hobby at that point. Uh, and now that I'm older, it's definitely, that is what I do. Like that's, that's what I do, which is so cool. It's nice to finally be here. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> definitely what I'm doing. So how do you balance all of the roles that you have in a daily life? Your mom, uh, entrepreneur, artist, wife, dog owner. <laughs> yeah, I have three big dogs. They're staring at me right now because they want to go outside. <laughs> I don't know if I have got the balance thing down yet. I don't know if you ever or if I ever will. I definitely feel like I do better at it because... God is a priority. Like he has to be the first person that I talk to in the morning. I have to say, I need you to tell me what my priorities are today. How do I, like, what are the steps to what I'm doing? How do I make sure that everybody gets what they need from me? And even then there's some weeks, like these past three weeks, I've been traveling and working so much that being a mom was not in the front seat. Like it usually is. And my husband is very gracious and, is very supportive and helps me how he can. But then like, when we look at the calendar, it's like, okay, this week you don't have anything booked. That's the week that I'm gonna become 
full-time, like we're doing something as a family each evening, we're having a date night. So that's how I'm trying to find balance, but that constantly, and me as a, as a person, as a person, I fight the guilt of, I should know how to balance all this, but the truth is like, I don't, and I'm never gonna, I just have to keep asking God to show me how each day needs to look. Yeah. I think oh, once we talked, that's awesome. We talked to uh, one of our other guests who, as she said, you know, everyone has their own balance, you know, it looks yes. different for everybody. You, you know what that is and how, how it works for you, but it's going to look different for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, and we, we feel you're right. We start feeling guilty about it, but for everybody, it's, it's different. And also you're not alone in that searching for that, that even schedule. It's just, it just doesn't happen. I think it's a myth actually that, you know, it's kind of a tongue in cheek question because it's just like, if we ever thought we had, had balance, we'd be so out of balance. It would be- <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It would be crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so it somehow works for you. And that check in with God is the first thing that you do, which, you know, we need to all write that down is checking in with, with Jesus to say what's on our, uh, on the agenda today and where are you sending me, you know, instead of just striking out on our own and saying, I've got all these things to do and I'm going to strike and do it, you know, mm-hmm. instead of consulting with him first. So that's really the right priorities in my opinion. Uh, amen. Yes. <laughs> now you not only work with paint, you have, you've done some lettering too, and that's a form of art, correct? is yes it's a hard form of art yeah i know right and you see a lot of that on social media today the calligraphy aspect of art and so uh would you say that is harder than to learn other than just painting a a scenic landscape with a paintbrush i think it depends on the artist and their craft for me personally for me personally Calligraphy is hard because you have to be slow and intentional. And that's not just really my, I'm much more like wild and bold and just kind of things go where they fall and make it art from there. So I have massive respect for people who do typography and lettering. I have done it, but as I get older, I'm also really a fan of if a project comes to me and I don't feel like it's exactly what I really am good at or want to spend my time on, I I pass off jobs to other people who like up and coming artists who are looking for work. Um <clears throat> which is makes me feel good. Like yeah. I love giving younger artists jobs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah, that's a that's a neat thing to be in that place in your career where you can help out others. You kind of know where you're at and you know who you are. You know, and that's that's an important thing because I'm sure a lot of things come at you. And when you're a creative, you, you have ideas all the time. <laughs> so you could oh, take on. <laughs> yeah. And if you probably if your brain had its way, it would take on everything. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Yes. It's it's overwhelming and exhausting in the best way. How did you know that you wanted to get serious about your uh, creative side? I know that you've done other jobs since 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 full-time artistry tell us about those jobs that you've had that led up to deciding this was the one i wanted to pursue Ooh, 
I remember I decorated cakes for years. Actually, that's one of the jobs I've held the longest. I worked six years decorating cakes at a local bakery. So there's a there's a really strong artistic aspect to that, and I really enjoyed that. Yes. So that kind of made me, th- actually, I thought that I wanted to open a bakery for a while, but the labor intensity of squeezing icing bags every day is, it actually gave me carpal tunnel. So I was like, maybe that's not the perfect direction. Um, when I was very young and very, very rebellious, I tattooed for a little bit, which <laughs> oh, I am wow. a great example of don't do this. And that's when like, I, it's like, <laughs> do it it's just I don't know what I was thinking but it was artistic so at the time I was like this is this is something I could do I thought I was going to be a tattoo artist for a while but no I really that was not exactly it and then I worked at a radio station for almost six years and that spanned from graphic design and marketing and promoting and eventually I spent some time on air and that was so much creativity and there are still there's so many things that i learned and skills that i sharpened while there that have helped me as a creative entrepreneur like mm-hmm. knowing how to promote myself and market myself uh, a lot of that has felt second nature to me which must be a gift from the lord because i actually think inside i tell myself i'm very socially awkward but i'm like that can't be true because people just seem to love me when they see me working and they meet me so the lord has done something there and I use a lot of what I learned at the radio station, incorporating that into how can I get people excited about what I'm doing? How can I get more eyes on this? And like, who needs to be impacted by positive artwork? Okay. So all that brought me here. So how did you know that moment when, you know, like you had the burning bush moment, like, oh, I'm going to become an artist full time. Was there something like that? There were, there was moments where I like danced around it for a long time and it just felt like the time, like, unfortunately when I would have those moments wasn't right. Like I can remember I was a single mom for a while and so I'm the breadwinner and I'd have nights and I'd be like, man, it would be so cool to just get to paint full time. But at that time, that wasn't the right time. Uh, And then when I met my husband that I've been married to about two years now, I was working at the station, but I had lay, I had backed off a lot. I think I was working maybe six hours a week and I was picking up more art jobs. And one of my clients hired me to do like 12 murals in her house. She has a really large house. She just really wanted to go all out. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this could be a thing. And it was interesting because I really love music as well. So I was in this like torn point where I was like, I love music and I want to do something with music someday, but art and painting is what I've loved for a very long time as well. How do both kind of, how do I cultivate both? I don't know if I've cultivated both. I kind of focus on one or the other. And I remember one day I was sitting with my husband and I was like, I think it's time. I think it's time that I just jump." And it took like two months of kind of reminding him of that because he would be like, well, what if you don't like it? What if it doesn't work? What if it's not what you thought? He's like, it's only six hours a week. And that's when I knew because I'm someone who will do something. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's just a little bit of time. Like I can do that. And I got to the point where I was like, no, 
this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, mm. you know, six hours felt like an eon because mm -hmm. it wasn't what I was really supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then he finally let me after kindly reminding him. And I prayed to the Lord a lot, like, let him, like, let him know that this is the next step. And it's been, it's been so fruitful and wonderful since mm -hmm. I have. Mm -hmm. It's freeing actually, isn't it? That when you, when you step into that place where God has carved out for you, it just feels so much natural. Yeah. Yes. And even when it's difficult, it's still like, I would take the days doing what I'm called and meant to do. I would take those difficult days over a difficult day anywhere else. Like mm. there's hard points about what I'm doing a lot. Like anything is going to be difficult, but mm -hmm. it's so worth it. It's so fulfilling even on the hard days. Mm. I love it. Yeah. So, so you did these murals for this lady. That's a lot of murals. I never knew someone would have that many murals in one home. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that would seem surprising to me, but I'm not an artist. But has there any, been any jobs that have come your way that have seemed kind of surprising or different or something you wouldn't have expected come your way? I feel like most of my jobs, there's kind of an element of, oh, that's interesting. And that's been through my whole life as an artist. Like a long time ago, I had a small business called Coco's Kicks and I painted shoes. And that was huge for a while and there's got to be an element of benefit to you know where I live because I've lived here my whole life and probably because I have a very distinctive feature people are like oh you have red hair and you're the artist of Ponca City I know who you are so people would come and be like I have a piano do you want to paint it I have an xbox do you want to paint it here's oh. a so I've painted I painted so many different items and sometimes I'll, I'll still pick one up because it's just so unique um, and so bizarre. So mm -hmm. almost everything that I've gotten to do. And I'm still just so tickled that people are like, I like what you're doing enough to let you paint on this, especially walls. Cause you know, <laughs> that's not canvas you can hide or put away. Yeah. Like once it's True. up, it's up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's true. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes the focal point of every room is that yeah. wall where the art is. Oh, uh -huh. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no competing with murals. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you think that big on such a grand scale? I mean, you know, I, I saw your work on Instagram, what you recently did at the state fair and I just think, how did that idea come into your head and how did you do it? How did you know to make it so proportional? And it's just like, I, I can't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of my fine art training that I received in high school helped a lot because you learn about a lot about composition and composition in my mind is the same, whether you're doing a tiny painting or a big wall. Now, how I do my big walls is um, I've used projectors, so I draw to scale okay. whatever I'm going to do design-wise and then project it onto the wall. Mm -hmm. And I've started doing something that a lot of muralists use called the doodle grid, where you put doodles on the wall you're going to paint, mm -hmm. and then you put that in, like, like I have an iPad. So I put it in the iPad, and I impose on top, on a transparent level, what I want to draw. And I use those doodles as references to where I need to drop. That's how I did the squid at State Fair. Okay. Wow. And it went really well my first time for a lot of things. 
Wow. Nice. Wow. That, that's pretty exciting. I'm having a hard time just saying that you're an artist because it sounds like you're just a creative in whatever place God puts you in. Would that be correct? I think that is correct. I think I will start saying that. I am just a creative in general. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Good. So uh, how does your faith mix into everyday conversations about your artwork? I have noticed in the past couple of years, it does a lot, which is really so neat to me. And it feels like such a God wink because I did a lot of art back in the day and there was never like we were nice to each other. We were cordial. We did the work and then we'd go. My clients I've noticed recently in the past two years, they become friends. Some of them I'm even like mentoring and it kind of just comes up like when we're starting, like when they first meet me uh, or when they see the art, there's, they're drawn to, they're like, it's so bright and alive. Like, Mm. why are you painting something that looks so alive? And um, I think how I look to probably is interesting to them. I think I have like five feet of hair now. So, and it's Mm. bright red. So people always love to ask about that. Um, uh, They remark how I'm a really peaceful, joyful person. And, you know, in today's world, I think that's really tricky for some people to feel like they see on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So when I get to go paint murals in people's homes or their businesses, I have these really like insanely divine moments to be, uh, vessel that God can come and like bring his fruit into their home or, you know, moments where they'll be very, very transparent with me. Like I've had clients come and they tell me, they tell me things about their life that have nothing to do with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It seems very peculiar that you would tell the artist in your living room, some of the stuff, but I, I believe that the Lord makes me look like such a, like a safe a safe place for them to be around. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that really confirms to me that I'm doing what I need to be doing. When I have people asking like, who is the God you serve? Why do you serve him? How do you have so much joy when the world mm-hmm. literally is about to like fall apart? So it's so cool that that's become such a huge cord of what I am doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's amazing because he will open those right doors for you and ha- open those conversations and, yes. uh, and all comes through who you are, you know, as, I mean, you can walk into the room and, and just through this podcast, you can feel the peace coming from Courtney's life. I mean, you'd think as a creative, she'd be all over the place, but no, she's very settled. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Okay. Yeah. And no wonder people don't, they want to spend time with you because of the outflow of your life. And I think that's speaking loudly right now. So yeah. Have you always been this way? I mean, are your kids the same way? Do they love art and are they as peaceful as you are? (laughs) I always been this way. No, (laughs) definitely not. I, I had depression a lot when I was quite young. I had a lot of trauma that I went through that I had to work through. But really, once I really like made a covenant with the Lord and really started being consistent and pursuing him, you know, he's, he treats you like an onion and he really starts peeling off 
the heavy stuff, the old stuff. Right. He gives yeah. you beauty for your ashes. That's one of my favorite things to think about because I feel like I brought him some pretty gross stuff, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Girl, I ain't scared of that. I'm gonna fix you up. We're gonna we're gonna make some good stuff happen here." <laughs> uh, and thank you, Lord, that He did. Uh, I'm much much more peaceful and content and joyful than I than I used to be, and I'm so thankful that I get to testify about that. Mm. My kids. Uh, they are, they're pretty peaceful. So I have a 12 year old Elijah and I have a nine year old daughter named Avery. So they're both getting to that age where they're kind of becoming their own little people. And it's very weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember my aunt telling me when I was growing up, she's like, when you have kids, the easiest time will it really will be when they're toddlers and babies, Mm -hmm. you know, when they get older and they start having their own opinions and forming personalities it is such a trip. So my son, he's very peaceful. He's very uh, introverted, actually, unless he's really warmed up to you. And then he's incredibly quick-witted and sarcastic. Uh, and he's he's sporty. So he's my sport kid, likes to play soccer, runs around all the time. And my daughter, Avery, is... I think she's everything that I am. Like, she's hopeful and she's excited, but she also battles with feeling like she can't do everything that she dreams of doing, which I completely understand. And she is an artist. I started buying her sketchbooks and she just sketches all the time. She's got her own little shelf in my studio of all her sketchbooks. And it's really such a gift to have a kid like her. I love my son and he, he gets me in a way that he's like old soul. And he's very encouraging to me. He's said very mature things to me when I'm struggling with things. Like there's been multiple times as a mom, I've had to go be like, he's my first kid. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've lost my temper a bunch. He's watched me struggle with so many things when he was younger. And he is so just divine about going and being like, you are doing a good job and you're doing okay. And you're like the best mom I could have ever gotten. Like he's such an old man. It's sweet. Wow. Yeah. That's a gift. At, at 12, <laughs> he's saying these things. Oh yeah, my but then, goodness. But then he turns around and like passes gas on me. So we've got that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to keep you humble, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You got to live for those uh, and, glimpses of hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep you coming, Lord, because I know the teenagers going to be hard. <laughs> so talk about the, those times when you had to wait for the right timing of God. Did you get impatient? Were you, were you like frustrated in that waiting time? Oh, yeah. There were times I was downright angry. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I did not talk to God and tell him I was angry and then kind of let it go. Like it would leak into other things. It would leak into relationships I had with people. It would leak into the job I was currently working at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you hold on to anger for too long and let it be applied to something that's not really what you're angry about, your humanness wants to be like, justify the anger and make it about what you think you're angry about. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm guilty of, running my mouth and being angry about certain things that it really wasn't what I was angry about. It was more like I was frustrated that the timeline God had for me wasn't lining up exactly like I thought. But I was also scared that if I asked him for it and then it didn't work, 
would I be disappointed in myself? Would I be disappointed at God for giving me a dream and it not looking the way I thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was lots of, and God is so cool to just listen to you. Like, mm-hmm. I love that he's not intimidated or frustrated when we come and we're like, I'm feeling this and we need to, I need to release it to you and you need to give me peace and we're going to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would think same thing happens in the writer's world too. You know, I, we personally, I have a dream of all these books, you know, first thing on my goal list, I want to write a million books. Realistically, I know that's not going to happen, you know, but wouldn't it be cool to try, you know? Oh, yes. And, and, and so I think it's already done in my head, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Yes>. and they're not. <laughs> and I have to wait on that timing of the Lord because there's a right time and a right season for releasing oh, yes. the words that he yes. brings and the artwork that he brings through you. So we That's have true. to respect that. And uh, did it work out like I wanted it to? No. <laughs> did it go beyond where i ever thought it would yes you know and so mm-hmm. um you just kind of have to continue to hope that god has you know we know that he has the best in mind for us and oh, so sorry. that's that's where it gets so hard just to be patient with with mm-hmm. him and uh, let him work out his best plan you know yes well, along those yeah. along those same lines, you know, as a cre- both a creative and a business owner and entrepreneur, I would imagine that God had to really refine a lot of things in you, because it's never going to be a straight path. Do you think you're probably? Do you feel yourself waiting on things a lot because you're waiting on clients to agree? You're waiting. Will that next job come up? So, what did God really have to work on you uh, as you became your own um, your, your business owner and your own boss? Patience is, is big, truly. Patience is such a big one. And really, faith. Um, and actually, like this past year, I have been the busiest I have ever been this past year. And I think at the beginning of the year, I was praying and I asked the Lord, I was like, let me do like two murals a month, which is a very ambitious endeavor. And it's happened. But I've noticed this year and I've battled comparison as well because the art world is a wild place mm-hmm. and it's so easy to look at what other people are doing and look at their projects and feel like what you're doing is not enough or, you know, why didn't I get that job or how do I get to a point where people want me to do those jobs? Mm-hmm. So me and the Lord have been dealing with the ugly comparison with envy, with jealousy. And we don't like to talk about that stuff because those are, those are gross emotions to have, but they're real. Yeah. It happens to all of us. So I've been all those things the past year. And in my busiest year, I have been more frustrated. I think I've noticed a pattern in myself where I'll stay very busy. I do lots of great projects and I hit that moment of like praise and worship and gratitude. Hmm. And then as a creative, it's like, I'm an empty cup. And then I'm like, well, what now, Lord? And I almost get mad. Like, how do I keep growing? Like, how does this keep getting bigger? Because we've already gone way past what I thought I would get to do mm-hmm. as a creative. How does it keep going forward? And <clears throat> I have to have faith that he's going to restore my creativity and my inspiration mm-hmm. and that he's going to carry me from those moments of feeling that. And I also... This is probably, I'm late to the game, but I realized this year too, that faith 
faith is really activated in the ugly and the hard parts of whatever we're doing. Like mm-hmm. when I'm, yeah. when I've got, when I've got three jobs lined up and I'm good, there is some faith there, but I'm also like, that's kind of a mountaintop moment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I miss out on a big job or maybe I have a client back out and I lose a bunch of opportunities that's when I really have to have faith activated Mm -hmm. and be like, you said that this was what I was going to do, Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know what you're doing and you have things lined up. And if I don't work for three months, if that's your will, like hallelujah anyways, and let's Mm -hmm. still be joyful and be thankful that we've gotten to do this much so far. A lot of hallelujah anyways. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I want that to be the foundation. Like, and I've, I've, I've had to look and say, if, if the Lord told me, what if God asked me to stop painting? What if tomorrow he's like, that's it. You're done. If you've, that's good. I hope he doesn't. But what if he did, you know, like people in the Bible, there were things that they lost that I'm sure that they, they never thought they'd have to imagine life without, without like, can I keep, can I keep my joy? And can I say hallelujah? If what I love to do just isn't there anymore. Like, mm-hmm. is God enough? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he will be, I'll probably be angry for a second in all honesty, but then I'll go on ahead and say, hallelujah. And we'll see yeah. what's next. <laughs> That's the moment when you realize that God is our safety net, you know, it's okay. just, there's no backup plan. I mean, he's the plan, you know, and that's it. We get to follow along. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so much of our own understanding we have to forego because things like he directs us to do don't make any sense. So have you ever run across a job that you didn't want to do? Like, like I can't paint that or not because you couldn't uh, uh, ability wise, but because it contrasted with your faith. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's been that was really hard for me at first. Because I'm a yes girl. I want to say yes to everybody. I want to help people out. I want to get my art out there. Mm-hmm. And there were some, there were some businesses that I were painting for, and they were even they were clients that I'd known for years, like from school. And they were just like, we're just trying to support you. We love what you're doing. And I was painting for their company, like a big window mural. And one day I was just like, this is not. Like I kind of teetered on the like, this isn't really hurting anybody thing, but mm-hmm. it's not aligning with my values mm-hmm. type of thing. So I had to decide and I still am learning, like I don't have to take every job. I don't have to ah. work with everybody. Mm-hmm. There's there should not be any offense in anybody if what they're selling what their entity is, if it doesn't align with my values, I don't have to work for them. And they shouldn't want me to work for them. You know, Mm -hmm. some people don't want a Christian muralist and that is, that's their derogative or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's okay for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and that was hard for me at first. I thought I was going to hurt those feelings when I was like, I don't actually think I can do this for you. I've gotten better about it. I'm like, I don't feel like we're going to be the best match for this project. And Mm -hmm. that kind of helps take out any, I don't know how to explain it. I've just learned how to use my words in a way that it doesn't sound like I have anything against them as a person. It's just like, we all should be finding where we're really going to match. 
you want to yeah. work with someone and enjoy them and what they're doing and bringing to you. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's interesting. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Because <laughs> on the one hand, yeah. you're like, well, I could really use that money. And the other hand, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So, right, right. You know, or God's turn them away heart. from turn them away from God, you know, right. in that moment yeah. because of your yeah. faith. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So in the final uh, minute or so that we have in this segment, uh, what word would you have to encourage someone who might be in the same place you were a few years ago and, and wanting to go out on their own? Maybe they are creative and, and they want to kind of venture out. I think even when the time is right, it will still be scary. It will still feel incredibly unknown because it is. Because like Janelle said earlier, he's our safety net and he knows what he's doing. And we really literally have to let go of everything. I think about Peter when he stepped out of the boat a lot. Because you you know, the like his first step out, he was like a thousand, a million percent confident. He was like, this is going to happen. It's going to work. But it almost seemed in my mind, like with each step he took, he started faltering a little. Like he tried to start thinking like, how is this happening? What happens if I sink? You know, and I think running a business, being a creative entrepreneur is very much like that. You take that first step and it feels great. It feels freeing. It's your first step out and you're like, yes. But if you don't keep totally focused on the Lord, you will start sinking. Mm-hmm. And if you do, like that happens, that's going to happen a bunch. I've fallen in the water a lot of times and had to ask the Lord to come pull me back up and help me. So it's going to be scary when you do it, do it anyways. <laughs> make that a priority. Always check with the Lord, devote what you're doing to the Lord. Like I devoted my business to the Lord. I tithe everything that I make. I find uh, people that I can help usually anonymously with what I make from Red Dirt Rosie. I look for opportunities to be an excessive giver because when people receive, it's just such a beautiful thing and it creates Mm -hmm. such a moment of hope for them Mm -hmm. and a moment to minister to them. Um, When you fail and when it's hard and you have negative emotions, don't beat yourself up. Like don't shame yourself into feeling like you can't move forward. Like be merciful with yourself. Those are big ones. I've had such uh, joy getting to know uh, the artist behind the brush and the spray can. I just think it's fascinating the way your mind works and how God has brought you to this place of faith and how you're using your faith in in what I think is a ministry. It's not just an entrepreneurship, but it is a ministry, and I love that. So this words, you know, I always like to put it down into one word, but again, I don't think I can. what I'm uh, receiving from Courtney's encouragement today is just don't give up. Be persistent in the dream that God's planted in your heart. I mean, after all, he put those desires in your heart. Just pursue that with the Lord and uh, give him some time to work out some of these details, you know, and let him develop you so that mm-hmm. when the opportunities are right, you're ready to go. You're ready to step right in and take up this, the cross and do it. Amen. Yeah. 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 I, I'm going to play off of yours, Danelle, because I, I love stories of how 
how God takes you to these different places. And sometimes you wonder and, and you enjoy what you do at the time and you wonder how it all is going to work together. <laughs> but yeah. here she is, you know, a, as a full-time creative and artist and uh, be, was able to use a lot of skills she used as, as a radio professional. <laughs> we, we know about that, right, Janelle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and just the different things she's been able to do where God pl placed her at just the right place at the right time to, to learn those skills because he knew what he was doing. And I also love the hallelujah anyways. I think I'm going to put that <laughs> up on my desk at work, maybe yeah. in my bedroom on the mirror, because I think that's something... Uh, you're not alone in we all go through those times where when we're on the mountaintop it's great but when we're in the valley we just kind of start sulking and and wallowing a little bit <laughs> at least to yeah. start until we're like snap out of it um but the hallelujah anyways <laughs> is a great way to put it and i think that's a, a, a kind of a fun way and a, and a really profound way to get us back uh focused mm -hmm. on what's truly important and, and focus of course on on God in the midst of all of it. So that's, that's my takeaways from this week. Amen. <laughs> that's good. So Courtney, tell us how people can uh, employ you for uh, 12 murals in their house. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and keep up with your art. Yeah. We want to see what you're doing. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. I'm red dirt, rosy art with periods in between each word. I'm red dirt, rosy on Facebook. And I uh, have a website. I'm actually building it right now. And it will be Red Dirt Rosie as well. So wherever you see Red Dirt Rosie, that's going to be me. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's All good. right. Courtney Miller, uh, thank you so much for spending time with us here on Women of Grace in the Marketplace. We so appreciate the wisdom you shared today. And if you have any questions for Janelle or myself, feel free to email us at womenofgraceinthemarketplace at gmail.com. And you can always catch up on our episodes on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time. <laughs>